so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Though you search for your though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Isaiah 41, verse 10 through 13. Sabbath to you. It's wonderful to be back here at your beautiful church again. I hope you have had a wonderful last year and that the first days of this year have been a blessing to you as well. Let me get my computer set up here. I've entitled my sermon a message today, Shining in the Fire. And I have found one of the hardest things to understand and to go through as a Christian is suffering and being persecuted. None of us like that, right? And you may ask, why is this happening to me? Why is God allowing me to go through this? Why did God allow this terrible thing to happen to me or to someone else? And why does God allow my heart to hurt so deeply? Walking with God is not always besides peaceful streams of living water or a bed of roses. It is quite difficult and challenging at times, amen? And sometimes you may wonder if God is really there. Where is he? Does he really care? Does he care that my heart is breaking? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, today as we talk about suffering, help us to focus upon what the Holy Spirit has to say. And Lord, I know that the only reason I speak is because of you. So I just ask that your people hear you speak to their hearts and heal their hearts where where they are hurting and help us to draw close to you, dear Lord. Hide behind, behind the cross and may your Holy Spirit truly be felt here today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. It's very hard to go through pain. It's very hard to go through suffering. I know I have experienced that in my life. I've also experienced many joys, many mountaintop experiences, and I'm sure many of you have had the same experience. The Christian walk is just like this. It's up and down. And if you're not in a trial, you've either come out of one or you're about ready to go into one. And it's hard to go through. It's hard to go through when someone you love betrays you. It's hard to go through when people say things about you that aren't true. It's hard to go through when someone 
you love dearly unexpectedly dies. And you are felt broken. You are felt empty. And you're asking, God, why did this happen to me? Why did this, why did I have to lose this person? Why do I have to go through this? Because I want to encourage you this morning, my brothers and sisters, that God never wanted us to suffer. And I know that you all know this, but I think we need to be, we need to be reminded because this world gets so distracted that we need to come back to the basics that God is love, that he loves us, that he never wanted us to experience pain and suffering. He never wanted us to die. He never wanted us to go through the things that we go through. And to know that he does care. These experiences will test our faith to the utmost. It will test our character and our strength. And the only way that we will make it through is if we cling to Jesus. And we trust that Jesus is standing in the fire with us. And that he is not going to allow us to burn as long as we cling to him. That he is right there with us. I love the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, and I know many of you have this memorized because it's a beautiful promise from the Lord. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans for good and not for disaster, but plans to give you a future and a hope. And I hope when you're going through these trials that you will remember that verse and trust that even though when it doesn't look like that God has a plan, even though when you feel like God is not there, even though when you are feeling lost, that we can trust in God and you can remember that verse. So Jesus doesn't allow us to go through these fiery trials to harm us. He is allowing us to go through these fiery trials for our good, no matter how difficult they are, in order to grow our faith, to grow our trust, and our love in him. And he is allowing us to go through suffering to show the entire universe that through the fire that we are holding on to Jesus and that through the fire that you will not turn against your creator, your redeemer, and savior. And that through the fire, no matter how hot it burns, that you will stand fast for Jesus. Please turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 4. 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. And I will be reading this morning from the New Living Translation. Do you have the scripture? Say amen, please. 1 Peter 4. Chapter 12, verse, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. And the word of God says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. But instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. 
So we can count it joy when we go through these trials, even though it doesn't seem like we should be joyous. But we are partaking in the sufferings of Jesus. And if we look at how Jesus, much Jesus suffered for us, no matter what we have to go through, is nothing compared to what he went through for you and me. These fiery trials will come if we are in Christ Jesus to try us, to test us, and to show us just how much we need Jesus. If we are suffering for the gospel, we should be glad that we have the privilege to partake in Christ's suffering, that when God's glory and his character and his purpose for this fiery trial is revealed, it will all make sense and we may rejoice seeing God's hand was leading us through it all. In times of trouble, let us not forget, even when we walk in the valley, that Christ is as much with us as when we walk trustingly there as when we are on the mountaintop. And that's from the second volume of Mind, Character, and Personality, page 811. Suffering and persecution are like being in a crucible. Does everybody know what a crucible is? It's this little container that can go through the fire without getting burned up. Yet the material in it gets burned up or changed to a different um, substance. And in this crucible, crucible, it will either make us melt as we suffer, spit, or burn brightly for Jesus. We might not understand why this crucible is happening, but it will reveal to us and those around us what we are made of. I remember back when I was in college and I was in a chemistry class, I was in this lab, and we had to place these different materials in this crucible. And I don't remember what the materials were, but I remember the instructor specifically telling us, giving us quite a bit of instruction and he said that if we followed his instructions exactly, um, that our end product would be this white sparkling substance um, or this white substance. And if we did the, the experience exceptionally well, that our end product would be sparkling like diamonds. And so I remember when all my other classmates were scurrying around and getting really busy, and let's get this project going, and really fast at starting the project and getting on with it. I stepped back a minute, I reread the, the instructions that he'd given us on the sheet, because he also did it verbally and gave us on a, a piece of paper. And I got my materials all laid out and was careful then how I put them in the crucible. And at the end, of the experience, experiment. Only my end product was the one that was sparkling like diamonds. And the reason why I tell you this is because I learned a lot of lessons that day. I learned that it matters a lot how you react to the fire. It matters if you are prepared for the fire. It matters how closely you listen to instructions, and it matters what type of material is in the fire. And so I ask you today, what kind of material are you? Do you melt when you are on the fire? 
do you let that trial overcome you? Do you fizzle? Do you stress out, fizzle out? Do we spit and get bitter or hurt and that we can't even go on with our lives? Or do we sparkle like diamonds and shine for Jesus? When our hearts are breaking from grief and we don't understand why this has happened, do we still trust in Jesus, trusting that he is burning in the fire with us? Please turn with me to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Second Timothy 3, chapter 3, verse 12. Second Timothy 3, verse 12. And it says that all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. So when you think about this, the Bible is telling us when we follow Jesus, when we stand up for Jesus, when we go for Jesus, when we do great things for Jesus, we will suffer persecution. Why? Because the devil's not happy. He doesn't want us bringing glory to our Father. He doesn't want us having a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with Jesus that is so close that we actually are being transformed, a relationship that is so close with Jesus that he puts that passion in our hearts to go reach the people around us. Satan hates that, and he will do whatever he can and use whoever he can in order to destroy us and to ruin our faith, discourage us, and keep us from standing in that fire. Today we're going to look at a few of these stories in the Bible of heroes and if you think about it, all of the heroes in scripture had to suffer. They all went through suffering. And they were faithful. They had not done anything wrong. And so we are going to start by looking at Daniel. And if you turn to Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 2, and I know you know the story. And so for you kids, I know you love these, these Bible stories. So I want you to think about, out of all this, the stories I tell here about all the, the Bible characters of the heroes, which hero is your favorite, okay? Which one is your favorite? And so in Daniel chapter 2, you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar had this dream. And the dream troubled him so much that he woke up and he knew that it was important. He knew that he had to have the interpretation for this dream. So what did he do? He calls the wise men, right? And he calls them in. The Bible doesn't tell us why Daniel and his friends weren't there, but they weren't there, thank God, but they weren't there. And, um, and so what, is, what does the king tell the wise men? He tells them, I've had this dream. I need to know the interpretation. I want you to tell me the dream and give me the interpretation. And they were like, what? No, can you tell us the dream and we'll give you the interpretation? Well, that would be easy, right? If I told you I had a dream last night and I told you what the dream was, you could give me the interpretation, but that doesn't mean it's going to mean what the dream meant, if, even if the dream meant anything. You know, many of our dreams don't mean anything. They're just, we ate too late at night, or who knows, our brain is active during the night. And uh, we dream about many things, but this dream was important. And so what did God do? He made sure that he didn't remember. So the wise men could not give a false interpretation. 
And so he tells him again, if you tell me the dream and, my interpreta- and, and give me the interpretation, I'm going to reward you greatly. But if you don't, your reward is going to be off with your heads and your families as well. You're going to be destroyed. And I love what, what um, the wise men tell them. I believe it's in verse 10, but I may get that, uh, I might have that wrong because I didn't note it here. But I love what the wise men tell him, tell him and they said, that there is not a God, there is not a man on the face of this earth that can tell you your dream, but only the God of heaven. And they realized that no man could give the interpretation of that dream, only God. And so, of course, the decree goes out to kill all the wise men, and uh, the, the captain of the guard, Eric, goes to Daniel, and he goes and tells Daniel, you know, the, there's a, been a death decree, and I'm here to kill you. And Daniel's like, Why? <laughs> And Daniel asked for time to give the interpretation and, and to give the dream. And he says, I need to go and pray to my God that he will re- reveal to me the dream and the interpretation. And we know that's exactly what he did. So what did Daniel do when he was in the fire? You know, if somebody came to you and said, um, we decided we're going to, you know, we're going to kill you and your family. Wouldn't you be worried? Would you turn to God? Would you pray? Or would you stress out? And so Daniel knew he had such faith in God that God would answer his prayer. And what did God do? He did. He answered his prayer. Then if you turn to chapter 3, we're going to look at the next story of his friends, of the three Hebrews. And they are on the plain of Dura. The king there sets up the the statue for all of the top officials to be able to um, fall down and worship. And those three Hebrews stood fast. They would not give up their faith no matter what. Even though they were threatened with the fiery furnace, they would not give in. And they stood fast. And even when they were brought before the king, when they were brought before Nebuchadnezzar, they said to, to, to Nebuchadnezzar that our God will deliver us. And if he, even if he does not deliver us, we still will not bow down and serve the king and bow down to that image. Do we have faith like that? When we come to that time when we are going to be put to the test, all you have to do is go to church on Sunday Is that really that bad? You know, you can still keep your Sabbath and quiet. But all you got to do is go to church. Are we going to stand for Jesus? I hope that through this Sabbath day and actually throughout your life, you will constantly be asking yourself, do I have a faith that will make it to see his face in the clouds? Do I have that kind of faith? I suggest that we all need to daily be on our knees and praying, Lord, give us more faith. Help us to trust you more. Reveal yourself to me in such a way that no matter what happens, that I will still stand for you. And that's what these young men did. When they were thrown in the fire because they would not give up their faith, 
when they were thrown in the fire because they would not give up their God. Jesus met them in the fire, and they did not burn. That's an amazing story. Talk about faith. Talk about trust. Here they were being persecuted to death, and they, they did not give up their faith and turn against God. They showed what kind of material they were made of. They did not fizzle and burn up. They show the entire universe what it means to shine in the fire for Jesus. I love um, the book Reflecting Christ. And from the devotion March 14th, she writes, The fiery furnace had been heated seven times more than it was wont. Into, into it was cast the Hebrews. So furious were the flames that the men who cast them in were burned to death. Suddenly, the countenance of the king paled with terror, his eyes were fixed upon the glowing flames, and turning to his lords, he said, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, True, O king. And now the monarch exclaimed, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. When Christ manifests himself to the children of men, an unseen power speaks to their souls. With feelings of remorse and shame, the king exclaimed, Ye servants of the Most High God, come forth. I don't know about you, but I think I might want to stay in the fire a little longer with Jesus. <laughs> uh, here this, this, this king wanted to destroy me, was trying everything he could do to destroy me, and I was standing next to the one that spared my life. Their, their clothes did not even smell like fire. These three Hebrews possessed genuine sanctification. With the most intense longing, the children of God desired to know what he would have them to do, that their works may glorify him. The Lord has made ample provisions that the hearts and lives of all of his followers may be controlled by divine grace, that they may be as burning and shining lights in this world. This story was written to give us hope and to encourage us to let us know that no matter how hot the fire burns, to let us know how much you are suffering, that Jesus is in the fire with you. He is for you. He is not against you. And like I said earlier, he never wanted us to experience suffering. But sin brought suffering into this world, and now through suffering, we will be saved. Isn't that amazing? I mean, have you pondered that? It's actually through suffering that we are saved. It's actually through suffering that we grow. It's actually through suffering that parts of us are cut off and we are connected even more closely to the vine. It's actually through suffering that we become changed. Our next story is the story of Joseph. How many of you love the story of Joseph? I love the story of Joseph, and this is in Genesis. There's many chapters, as you know. But for you kids, can, can you imagine? For you kids, can you imagine if your brother wanted to, your brothers, maybe you only have one, wanted to kill you? That's crazy, right? I mean, here Joseph's brothers literally wanted to kill him. Why? Because they were jealous of him. We need to think about that. Jealousy can cause us to want to kill somebody. 
We need to guard our thoughts and what we think about. Because only God, only God is worth being jealous for. We need to be jealous for him like he is for us and seek him with all of our hearts. So here Joseph's brothers wanted to kill him. And so they hated him so much they threw him in this pit planning to kill him. And then what did they do? They decided, well, let's not kill him. We're going to sell him off to some to be a slave. So here he wasn't doing anything wrong. He had went for his father. He had gone on a mission for his father. Don't miss that. When you go for God, when you go on a mission for God, when you go for the Father, and then the devil comes and attacks you, don't get discouraged. Just keep your hand in the hand of Jesus and let him walk you through it all. Look at what Joseph did. He could have been disheartened. He could have hated God. He could have turned against God. Here he was. Joseph was special. And then he became a slave. And then he was accused of doing something he did not do and thrown into prison. Persecution for him came from a family member. You don't have to raise your hands, but I'm sure some of you have went through this. Or maybe it was even someone in the church. Or maybe it was someone at your work. But Joseph trusted in God when he was taken and sold as a slave and thrown into prison. And, I mean, he was, light, he was blatantly lied about. But that didn't discourage him. In fact, when he was in prison, the Lord was upon him so greatly that everyone knew that the Spirit of God was upon Joseph. He didn't blame God for allowing him to be thrown into prison for years. But God blessed him. And he was a witness to all that were in prison. And then, after he came out of prison, God raised him to the highest position in the kingdom under the ruler. There was no one greater in the kingdom than Joseph because of Joseph's faithfulness to God and trust in him. Trusting that through it all that God was leading, that through it all, all the darkness of prison and the pain of being accused, that through it all, the suffering that he went through and sold by his family, that God was leading. Later, after Jacob died, Joseph's brothers thought he might turn against them for their evil that he did, that they did to Joseph. But I love what Genesis, Genesis 50, if you want to turn there, Genesis 50, verses 20, which says, Genesis 50, verse 20, and the word says, Joseph says to this to his brothers, after all they did to him, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. 
Just think if Joseph wouldn't have been there. He saved the children of Israel. He saved the nation of Egypt. When famine hit, he saved even more countries around there, people around there than that, because of how God used him, because of his faithfulness. So as we stand up for Jesus, we will suffer persecution. Jesus is revealing to us who we are and who we can take along on this journey forward with us. If you have had a relationship with someone or a friendship with someone that has hurt you and it didn't work out for whatever reason, just know that God is guiding your steps and maybe he ended that relationship because it was for your good. And he is showing you because of how they have revealed themselves to you that they are not worthy of coming on this journey forward with you as you journey together with God on the way to the promised land. Trust in Jesus. Soon we will be put into severe times of trouble, trials like we have never known. And we need to know that the people that are with us are for us and not against us. We surely do not want to be around people who we think are wheat, and yet they are tares. Be wise, be vigilant, because our enemy walks around like a roaring lion, and he is trying to destroy us and do whatever and use whoever he has to devour us. That's from 1 Peter 5.8. If you'd like to turn with me to Psalm 31, excuse me, Psalm 37, Verses 1 through 6. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 6. (coughs) (coughs) Psalm 37, verses 1 through 6. And the word says, Don't worry about the wicked (coughs) or even those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. (coughs) Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. (coughs) Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit everything you do to the Lord and trust in him, and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. I also want to have you turn to our scripture today in Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, verses 10 through 13. <clears throat> Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. So before I read that, I just want to say that no matter what you're going through, this is the verse for you. Don't be afraid, for God is with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up 
with my righteous right hand. See, all your angry enemies lie there, confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you by your right hand. I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I am here to help you. So I hope you think about these verses today, that God is here to help you, that no matter what you're going through or maybe somebody close to you is going through, be vigilant in prayer because he is here for us. And the last story that I'm going to share is the greatest hero in the Bible. Kids, who do you think the greatest hero is? Who is it? He is our greatest hero. Amen? In the chapter, um, Days of Conflict from the Desire of Ages, it says that Jesus was bullied from a child because he was different. You think about the, the Son of God being bullied. That had me to stop and think about. It really brings tears to me. To think that our Savior, that our Creator, here he was bullied. He was bullied because he was different. He was bullied because he wouldn't do the same things his brothers would do. He wouldn't partake in activities he knew were wrong, so he was bullied and he was talked bad about from not only his siblings, but also other children. I mean, you can imagine the, the gossip. Oh, well, you know, his dad isn't really Joseph. His mom was pregnant before they even got together. Can you imagine how that must have hurt his heart? Here, the heart of love, the God that is love, had to go through that. And I know you kids, if someone's mean to you, it hurts your heart, right? It doesn't feel good. Just think what Jesus went through. But he was willing to do it for you. He was willing to do it for me. He was willing for people to say bad things about me because he knew that he, didn't, he would get discouraged and be disconnected from his father, that he would not complete his mission. And his mission was more important, his mission of not losing you or me was more important than what people said about him. Amazing. If being bullied as he grew up wasn't enough, as soon as he was baptized and started his ministry, immediately he was led into the wilderness. Immediately he was attacked by Satan and tempted. For 40 days, he ate nothing the entire time. Can you imagine how weak he must have been? Just think if it was you, 40 days with no food, only water. Then he was rejected in Nazareth, his hometown, his home people, where he grew up. They rejected him. They tried to push him over a cliff for preaching the word of God. They plotted against him for healing on the Sabbath. Then throughout his entire ministry, there was a cloud 
over his ministry because people were constantly talking about him, constantly saying bad things about him. Here he was perfect. He healed the multitudes. He raised the dead. He gave sight to the blind. He went about doing good, pouring out blessings wherever he went. Yet he was lied about and persecuted by the leaders of the church. They wanted to kill him and they finally succeeded. But this didn't stop Jesus from doing his ministry. He pressed on for the goal, the reward of saving you and me. And for that, for us, he endured the cross. He endured all the shame, all the suffering for you and for me. Have you ever thought, they always like to paint a pretty picture of Jesus hanging on the cross with something covering him. Because, but because I know how evil Satan is, our Redeemer most likely was hanging on the cross naked. After being beaten almost to death, it gets me every time. What man meant for evil, God meant for good. To save you and me, to give us a hope and a future. And we can say with the psalmist, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, consider the fact that the Lord has given his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that was a quote from the Review and Herald, May 19, 1896. So we can trust in Jesus no matter what's going on in our life. We can trust in Jesus no matter if the world is falling apart, which it is. We can trust in Jesus even though we don't understand, because he's got the whole world in his hands. And he's definitely got you and me in his hands as well. We can trust in Jesus who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous, marvelous light. And as our hearts are steadfast on Jesus, our Savior, beholding his love and gracious goodness towards us, we can shine like stars as we hold firmly to the one who is faithful and true. The one who has bought us with his precious blood. We can shine in the fire with Jesus because he gave his all for me and you. Jesus is worthy, my friends. He is worthy for whatever suffering we have to endure. Our life here on earth is God's school to train us and to prepare us for heaven. I have learned incredible lessons in his school. I've experienced God in supernatural and awesome ways. I've seen heaven and earth move when he reached down to rescue me. 
I've seen God fight for me against Satan where I felt and heard Satan on one side and Christ on the other. And Jesus said, Jeanne, just take my hand. And Satan says, no, go at that door. I know you best. Accusing me of all kinds of things. And Jesus said to me another time, he said, Jeanne, just take my hand. And as I tried to fight the chains that bound on me, I was barely able to muster enough strength to reach out towards the voice that called me. And as my hand reached out, I felt my hand touch his hand. And I felt his grip embrace my hand. And as soon as I took just a little step forward to his voice, Satan was gone. I've had the blessings of being on the mountaintop with God, but I've also been down in the valley where it looked like there was no way out. I have stood in the fire and all of these experiences with Jesus have taught me that he is worthy. He is worthy of all of my praise and all of my devotion. I'm going to sing you a song this morning, praying that technology works. I've never done it like this before, so we're going to hope it all happens. And as I, as I sing the song, I pray that you will think about the word. Just close your eyes and just think about what Jesus has done for you. Because blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Is it going through the speakers? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire, time after time. Born of his spirit and washed in his blood. And what he did for me on Calvary is more than enough. That's why I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. Perfect submission and all is at rest. I know the author of tomorrow has ordered my steps. So this is my story. 
And this is my song. I'm praising my risen King and Savior all the day long. That's why I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. I trust in God. Do you trust in God this morning? Because he's never failed you. Even though you may think that he has, or even when things don't turn out as you thought they should, or when something bad has happened to you, or you've lost the one that meant everything to you, just know that he's there. And one day soon, he's going to make all this right. He's going to restore us. He's going to restore what we've lost. He's going to restore our broken hearts. He's going to mend us. He's going to make us whole. And we will never suffer again. We will be without pain. There will be no death. And we will see that God has been just. He's been faithful. He's been loved the whole entire time. We will be reunited with the ones that we have longed for because they are gone. He will be revealed in us. We pray now for his character to be revealed in us today. We can trust in him. That's why I trust in God. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you that we can trust in you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. And before our closing song, I just want to leave, leave this with you today. 
no matter how deep the valley may be for you, or how dark the storm, or how uncertain life may be right now because of all the things that are happening around the world and maybe in your world. That God's goodness and his unfailing love is certain and guaranteed. Let us not run away from him, but let us run to him when we suffer and we will see the most amazing things happen. Hold on as you're in the fire and burn brightly for him as he's standing in the fire with you. when he cometh. Oh, let's stand together, please. May we not leave your presence, and may you continuously remind us that we are precious jewels in your crown. And I pray that when we, that day when we are in heaven, and we cast our crowns at your feet, that we will know, truly know, all that you have done and suffered for us, but yet that we will know that it was worth it all. Because being with you makes everything that we go through worth suffering for. Help us to hold fast to you, dear Lord, through all the times of trial and never let you go, is my prayer. In the precious name of Jesus. <laughs>